Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Glory be to God. Um, listen, this is a very special month. I don't even know how to emphasize it more than just to say it's a very special month. And in God's providence, he chose that when we begin to talk about divine leading, he would demonstrate it with your local church. He has demonstrated it with your local church. And one thing to admire about this ministry is that you see the example of practical leading and how easy destiny can play out in the will of God. It is easy in the grace of God. It is easy with divine direction. Hallelujah. And so, I don't want you to be ever learning, never able to come to the point of truth. Let this month force you to come to a point of reassessment. Why am I where I am? Where will God have me be? And how can I embrace God's direction for my life. God's direction. You see, no, no matter how fast you are, you can't get to your destination when you're on the wrong lane. If you're facing the wrong direction, it's no more about speed. It's no more about effort. This month, God's template for your life, you will receive it. Say amen like you believe. Amen. Say amen like you believe. Amen. I said say amen like you believe. Amen. This month, God's template for your life, you will receive it. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, turn your Bibles. Josh, John chapter 1 verse 18. John chapter 1 verse 18. Glory be to God. A popular text, especially for those of you who followed the Yeshua series last month. John chapter 1 verse 18. John says, talking about Jesus, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. Everybody, John 1 18 together. One, two, go. Read it again. One, two, go. I wish I had enough time to talk about this. You know, I say that often. But, <laughs> but now, this is a bold statement. As at the time Jesus came, no one had seen God at any time. Not at any time. Listen, not Elijah. Not Enoch. As at the time of the incarnation of Christ, no one had seen God at any time. No one had ever been to heaven. No one had ever come from heaven. Every other saint who died stayed in a place called Abraham's bosom until Christ died and rose again. The Bible says he led captivity captive, led a train of all the saints of old, marched them straight to heaven. Hallelujah. Because it was the prototype. It was only in Christ that they had access to heaven. Come on, are you listening to me? Yeah. 
And no wonder there was a great commotion after the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says there was an earthquake, grave, different graves opened up. And people began to see visions of saints of old visiting people. They were on their way up. Come on, are you with me? But that's not even what I'm trying to emphasize now. He says, no one had seen God at any time. He says, but the only begotten, the begotten Son of God has declared him. You see, Jesus, amongst many things, that he was a prophet, a healer. He was the image of God, the demonstration of the character of God. That's what he represented. And that's what we talked about last week. He's the logos of God, the word of God. In him, you see what God is like. And Jesus brought a fresh, powerful insight to the nature and the character of God that the Jews were not aware of. Just imagine the kind of reverence that the Jews had for Jesus, for God. With fear, you know, trembling and all of that. And then someone comes on the scene. It might be common to you then, now, but it wasn't common then. Someone comes on the scene and calls him daddy. What? They thought he was blasphemous. The transcendent God. You call him your father? And you're, you're, you're talking with such intimacy. I and my father are one. Listen, I know what it's like, you see. In a slightly different way. As a young boy, I attended Redemption Camp for the first time years ago. I, I, listen, I'd been in church all my life. But when I saw that man, Pastor Adiboye, pray, it struck me, even more than ever before, that this God is a real person. He talked like he knew this God, like they were close. Hallelujah. You know, your intimacy can come to a point where people see you and they know you are seeing someone. You are in a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a daddy, I want to thank you. You know, it's, that's our life, okay? And Jesus started it. He called God daddy. Listen, just to paint a picture. The scribes, the Jewish scribes had much, so much reverence that even to write the name of God, there was a way they did it. So when they are writing Yahweh, they couldn't even call it. We don't want to go into that. So when they are writing Yahweh, every time it comes to a point when they are copying the Bible, the scriptures, making copies, if they come to a point where they will they are meant to write Yahweh. They take a break, go and have a shower. Come back, write Yahweh. Just imagine a portion that has Yahweh 50 times. <laughs> you might call them religious, but you see, that was how sacred God was to them. And don't blame them. If you were there at the foot of the mountain, when the voice of God thundered, and everyone was trembling, trembling so much that even though God said, I will make you a kingdom of priests, they said, mm -mm, we don't want to hear from God. You hear from God and tell us. Like this, this sight is too terrifying. That was the picture they had of God. And then someone comes on the scene with so much confidence calling this God Father. It irked the Jews so much. On one occasion, he called God Father. They picked up stones. They were going to kill him. That's how much of a blasphemy it was. But this is the revelation of God. Jesus revealed the Father to us as someone 
who wanted a relationship with us. Not just some transcendent being, you know, who just gives you laws, just obey and um, be on my good books. He actually wants an active, vibrant relationship, a personal relationship with you, just like a father to a son. Come on, are you listening to me? The Jews thought it was about laws and compliance. Jesus revealed that it was about relationship. If you learn this, it will change your work with God. Let me, listen, listen to me. If you're a new believer and you're wondering, what can I do? How can I grow? The most important thing you can learn is just to align your heart to God. Just have a passion for God. Just love God. Just love God because God wants relationship more than compliance. Are you listening to me? Let me give you an example. In Matthew chapter 22, from verse 34 to 40, the scribes came to Jesus. The Pharisees, they said, what is the greatest, greatest commandment in the law? Now, why did they ask? Of course, apart from the fact that they wanted to tempt him, uh, they probably also wanted to know. They wanted to please God. Just like some strict lecturer, you know, and you want to be in his good books. So now you are, you are studying to know, okay, what are the no-go areas, the things to say, the things not to say, the things to do, not to do. That was the image they had about God. So what is the greatest commandment in the law? You know the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. They had a dutiful approach to Christian devotion. Or their devotion to God. They had a dutiful approach. So they were expecting God to say, Okay, of all the commandments, thou shalt not kill is the most important. But what did Jesus say? He answered with something that was not even found amongst the ten commandments. He said the greatest command is love. They expected one of the commandments, but Jesus answered with the essence or the motive or the end point of all the commandments. All of it wasn't about compliance. It was about relationship. God wants you to love him with all your heart and with all your might and with all your soul. And he wants you to love your neighbors. He actually doesn't want duty. He wants delight. Not compliance, but relationship. Listen, this will change your life. To change your life. That's what God wants. Tell someone by your side. Say God wants relationship. Not compliance. In case the person is not paying attention. Say to someone else. Say God wants relationship. Not compliance. Hallelujah. So it is true that God is a God of principles. But God is love. I want to give you a simple example. Some time ago. Because we had put... Um, some restrictions on our children's TV time. Edema really wanted to watch TV. And so what did she do? I was in my home office and all of a sudden she just ran, dropped a piece of paper in front of me and ran away. So I was like, what's going on? <coughs> and I picked the paper and I discovered it was a letter. And the letter wrote, 
I love you so much. Please, I want to watch TV because I want to eat my snacks when I'm watching. Love you from Edema. You are the best. <laughs> you know, so I just, I was looking, I was laughing, I was smiling. My cheeks hurt from smiling. And I was, I just felt so blessed, you know, to be her dad and everything. And at the end of the day, I just looked and I saw that she actually got some spellings wrong. Like when she said, I want to watch TV. The T and the C were in the wrong place. But I didn't care. You see, having children revealed God in a different way to me. I thought I always knew, okay, God is a father. But it's a different thing. As a parent, you want your children to comply, to obey. But the most important thing is love. Are you getting what I'm saying? Isn't that true? And even though, of course, I'm paying school fees because I want her to know how to write or to read, but the heart behind it touched me. How much more God? Let me tell you something. The most important principle in your devotion is your heart. You might read several books on seven steps to effective prayer. Eight steps to effective fasting. Ten principles of effective worship and singing. But the greatest spiritual devotion, listen, brothers and sisters, is, the, is your heart. No wonder Jesus said, anyone who humbles himself like a child will be the greatest in the kingdom. Greatness in the kingdom is not first and foremost by your prayer. As important as prayer is. By your fasting, as important as fasting is. Humility is how God sees great. You have a childlike heart. When you have a heart of brokenness. Listen, listen. At the end of the day, a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. God cannot look away from someone who has a broken heart. It doesn't matter what principle and what you're getting wrong, like edema, you, you're not dotting the I's and crossing the T's. God is not looking at that. And even though prayer, for instance, is an affair of utterance, and you have to speak and you have to get it right, you know, when you are Hannah and you're just overwhelmed with your pain, you know, and you don't even have the words, you know, you are trying to make sounds, but nothing is coming out. And your whole body is just vibrating. God is not watching to say, well, say something already. As important as prayer is. Because one of the most important principles of prayer is that it is heartfelt. The heartfelt continues. Are you getting what I'm saying? God heard her! Even though she didn't say much. How is that for the principle of prayer? The heart cry. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of adoption, sonship, whereby we cry. Relationship has changed your prayer life. Because at the end of the day, now, it is first and foremost about relationship. No matter what a mom is doing, once she hears the cry of her child, she will rush. She's not waiting to hear what the child will say. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Daddy. 
in fact the original actually says dada like so he's not talking about how perfect your language is the communication is he's talking about you know something very informal you know the cry of a child dada God wants that someone whose heart is towards him rather than the perfection of someone who draws knives but his heart is far away are you getting what I'm saying now incline your heart to God it's one of the biggest best things you can ever do for your work with God Say loud amen if you are listening to me. Come on, I said say loud amen if you are listening to me. Doesn't it freak you out that you're serving a God who sees everything, hears everything? Human relationships are complex, but imagine how much more complex it would be if people can hear your every thought. Have you ever greeted someone you don't particularly like? Imagine the person could hear you. Well done, sir. And in your heart is saying, Never forget that God sees and hears everything. God is spirit. He's everywhere. And so the most important thing is your heart. He sees your heart. I know you, 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 you're well-dressed, you know, your Sunday best, and you know, when it's time to pray, you say all the right words. The most important thing is what your heart is saying. I know you have the right captions. On your social media, the most important thing is what your heart is saying. Do you realize you can't deceive God? You can't. And so he makes an observation and says, hmm, these people draw nigh to me with their lips but their hearts are far that's the God he, he sees all and unfortunately any other activity is a waste if your heart is not where it ought to be did you hear what I said listen this is so important though. he says and you shall seek me and find me after you have sought for me with the whole of your heart. Every part of your heart must be involved in prayer, in devotion, in seeking the Lord. In waiting on him with the whole of your heart. You must serve him without options. Serve him without conditions. You shall seek me and find me after that you have sought for me. With how many? With how much? Jeremiah 29, 13. With the whole of your heart. Praise the Lord. Come on, I said praise the Lord. So now someone will be asking, what does this have to do with divine leading? Since that's what we're talking about. What does this have to do with divine leading? Everything. See, let me tell you something for free. It doesn't matter how many books you read on divine leading. Seven steps to hearing God's voice. And you are concerned about the technical aspects. If there are any technical aspects. And maybe you are dramatic about it. 
you stand on a rooftop just that, so, so that the network frequency will be clearer. And at least you'll be closer to the sky. And you angulate your neck like a dish just for better frequency. Whatever it is you do. I'm not going to be a prophet of doom to say without understanding what I am saying, you won't hear God. Listen, it doesn't take an expert to hear God. It takes an inclined heart to hear God. Did you hear what I said? Uh-huh. It doesn't take an expert. It takes an inclined heart. Because before the Lord would give you any assignment or talk to you, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run through and through the earth, searching for those whose hearts are aligned. That's the first thing he checks. That's the first thing he looks for. And so, if you are not ready to listen, chances are, that's why you have not heard. And you're there saying, God doesn't speak to me. I don't know why I can't get divine direction. Will it make a difference if he did? That's the question. You see, let me tell you something. Some of us think as if we're dealing with human beings. When it comes to human beings, we know that the human being cannot tell what we would have done if they didn't ask. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't blame me for not giving you something that you didn't ask for. You can't blame me for not agreeing with you about a conversation you never brought up. But not God. God sees your heart. There are some questions he does not need to ask because he sees the answer. He sees the answer. So listen, there is a communication going on even if God is not talking to you. He won't ask you a question he already knows the answer to. The reason why he asked, whom shall I send? Whom shall go for me? It's because he knew Isaiah would say, here I am. That's why Isaiah found himself in that vision in the first place. He knew he was ready. That's why he had the privilege to find himself in that throne room of God. To see all the grandiose, beautiful things he saw. Because of his heart. This heart search is the first most important thing when it comes to following God's plan for your life. Your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart. God, first and foremost, if you don't lead me, I don't know what I would do. Listen, I'm not seeing divine leading as something luxurious. I'm seeing it as something compulsory. Are you listening to me? No matter the accolades, no matter the results I have and all the great things I've done, I don't want to go on without you. I don't want any other plan that is not your plan. You know, I lay aside every ambition, every strategy. I lay aside, listen, you see, your intelligence can be your greatest undoing. I lay aside all my gifts, all my intelligence, and I embrace your plan. I embrace your plan. I embrace your plan. It's so important. So just imagine you were Moses. In the presence of the people, you had dropped a rod. It turned to a serpent. You picked it back up. It turned back to a rod. My God, just imagine your reputation before the people. And then you pointed at a river. It turned to blood. You pointed at Egypt. It was filled with frogs. You pointed at Egypt. It was filled with locusts. Just at your word and by the demonstration of your hand. 
all of this is happening great prophet then all of this is a crescendo listen now you give the children of israel a divine instruction that will preserve them from you know the assault of the spirit of death that is going to pass just imagine you were you were following moses as a leader and you obey this instruction you woke up your children are fine and in every other house in egypt there is crying how will you see that prophet eventually you are following him there's red sea in front pharaoh and his army at the back he stretches his hand at the ocean and it divides listen if someone should divide swimming pool you respect him swimming pool swimming pool even common swimming pool some of some of us can't swim i say us <laughs> have you have you seen an ocean before just imagine you stand on cold mainland and do like this you used to carry it <laughs> your church go full <laughs> and not just for show but to save people people are after these israelites you stretch your hand the ocean divides they walk through it for days maybe two days when they get to the other side what kind of miriam just breaks forth singing and all of that but i said all of that to say this now to go forward moses said if you won't go with me are you listening to me he said if your presence would not go i don't want to go anywhere listen now i know that we have the presence of god and he's in us and all of that but it just tells you what it means to still seek the plan of God no matter the success behind you. Are you getting what I'm saying? No matter what I've seen, no matter the graces that I've touched, no matter the results I have, God, going forward, I'm going to wait. And so these are the questions you should ask yourself. If you struggle to pray, don't claim to be seeking divine leading. Are you listening to me? If you are comfortable to stand up from your bed, have a shower, wear your clothes, and start your day, you have not learned something Moses knew. And by the way, you've got a lot of gods <laughs> in this world. In this world, you just enter Lagos. <laughs> without praying you don't like that wow man you bro you're brave you're bold so don't don't claim to be seeking the leading of god when was the last time you took time to pray before making a major decision when was the last time when was the last time you took time to fast oh you know what Give me time. I will get back to you. Let me fast and pray. When was the last time? Even when your church orders, um, declares a fast, you will break by 9. 9 a.m. You're, you're forming slick. You know, I remember the time we, we had a prayer meeting. This was years ago. In, in the fellowship I was attending. You know, and one man, you know, he was the one to lead. 
10 a.m. in the morning, as he was coming like this, I saw he had stained this shirt with a widow. He didn't know. I said, how are you? How is the fasting going? I said, I said it's fine, sir. It's fine. <laughs> so I was thinking, should I tell him there's a widow on his shirt? On a fresh a widow or not? He just ate. <laughs> Even if you wouldn't want fast, you know, I'm like, go chop for money. That's depravity. That's <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you for sure. It doesn't really matter what you learn about divine leading. And you know God, when he knows you won't listen, he will play along. If your heart is not in the right place, even your prayer will produce error. You will hear the wrong. If your heart is after money, you won't hear God now. You won't hear God. You have decided there's a reason Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon. You have to choose who you are following. Either you will love one and hate the other. Obey one and despise the other. You can't save God and mammon. Listen, I'm telling you, if you have an inordinate desire for money, you, you will miss out on God. You will miss the will of God. This, that's not, I'm just telling you for free. Balaam knew. He knew better than to curse God's people. He knew. But you know, there are just some people, no matter their anointing, no matter their grace, just show them money. Just show them money. No restraint. No discipline. Then he went to pray about it. You know, you know, and that's how some of us act. We're, we're praying about silly things. Things we already know the answer to. God. This guy say he likes me, oh. I know he's a fraudster. But he's very nice. Can you direct me? That's why I said the most important thing is your heart. Now, what, what do you want? Has someone ever come to advert? for advice and the person wanted you to confirm what the person really already wanted to do so you just imagine how often God gets that you've already made, made up your mind you make your own choices then ask God to bless it that's how you do you don't ask for God's will you decide and you expect God to catch up so God, this is what we are doing. And so when Balaam prayed, he had go. Go. And then and that's why people enter trouble. Some they don't know. Now there's an angel on the road ready to smite him. And some of us. Let me tell you something. Even the most prolific prophets, 
pursuing money. You won't see an angel on the road. The, he had signs. Even the donkey saw. Didn't want to go forward. They started flogging the donkey. You, how many people have killed donkeys? The signs that God has given us to show us that we are on the wrong path. We still don't see it. You know, did you see that, that, that video meme? Very funny. God, um, show me if this person I want to date is the one. And then the, someone used pot, an angel used pot to hit the person's head. Bah! God, show me, you know. Didn't feel the pain. So set in our ways. God, show me. Ah, the angel. Ah, God, show me. The angel. Hit it even harder. Bah! Okay, God. So I see you don't want to lead me. That's literally love the blind though. Don't joke. What we're saying, it takes consecration. Hallelujah. You bind yourself with the word of God. Submit yourself to the will of God. Say, Gethsemane experience. You don't know the, the leading of God until you know Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the place where you deal with your flesh. Where you settle that propensity for disobedience. God, I don't want to do this. But if it's your will, I'll do it. The leading of God is not always sweet to your flesh. In fact, it's never sweet to your flesh. Come on, are you listening to me? This is the most important school of leading. I'm telling you, if your heart is not inclined, you will hear a lying spirit. You will hear a lying spirit. Go, you will have victory. Remember the story of Micaiah? Go, you will have victory. A king wants to decide if he wants to go for battle and he contracts prophets. First and foremost, by the multiplicity of prophets in your life, you know that your heart is hardened. Because if your heart was inclined, one would be enough. The reason you have 10 or 20 is because at least one will confirm what you already want to do. So, I mean, all the prophets are prophesying. Go! You will have victory. You know? And you know, this servant of God was suspicious. He was just like, is there not another prophet? that we can check. He was suspicious of those prophets. You know, when someone is talking out of money, you will know. His money, those guys are, are, are like... <laughs> it takes consecration to be ready to contradict someone who gives you money. Some of you know what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus. Maybe we should read the text. Right? Open your Bibles. Oh dear Lord. Zutakapaya de Kibos. Pray in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. In First Kings twenty two is where we're supposed to read. First Kings twenty two. So, the narrative is that Jehoshaphat went to meet the king of Israel. 
and the king of Israel. First and foremost, it was even Jehoshaphat that said, seek the Lord on Okay, then to seek the Lord, he just went to contract prophets. And all of them were saying, go, go to this battle. You will have victory. And Jehoshaphat said, isn't there someone else <laughs> that we may inquire of? And then the king of Israel admitted, he said, eh, there's a prophet, but I don't like him. Because he's always prophesying what I don't like. Have you seen people, you know, they want to control the gifts. The gifts of God. It's a very dangerous place to be in. Very dangerous. And you can be so hardened you don't even see it. Have you seen people who can take compliments but cannot take correction? The moment you just say, ah, I think you should, they will be angry with you. They might not talk to you again. That was how this king was. How do you want direction when you are like that? Sure enough, the prophet came and said, well, I see your vision. You and your son dead. You know. And he got angry. Did I not say it? He does not like me. Then he put the prophet in prison. And the prophet said, <laughs> he said, it will happen as I have said before I leave this cell. Maybe God is bringing this word to you because your very life depends on it. We got a very powerful testimony yesterday, you know, on the mainland church. Um, it was raining one service, so um, one of our members messaged her friend who didn't even go to church. Please come and pick me up because I don't want to enter the rain. So this friend who wasn't even in service just came at the end of the service. And as she was walking in, my wife just said, the Lord said there is someone here. You are in a you are in an abusive relationship. Remember that word, word of knowledge? The lady was meant to get married days after. She just came in. She was not even part of the service. Just came in and the word of knowledge came. Bam! That moment. Thank God she had the decency and the discipline to say, you know what, enough is enough. I mean, this is, this is too spot on. And maybe the Lord is asking me, asking me to repeat it for someone here again. And when the Lord tries to guide you and you don't listen, it might cost you your life. It might cost you your life. Don't go to this place. Mm -mm. Don't take that job. Don't do this. Your friends, you know, are cutting corners for money. Don't join them. I think this is the second time I'm mentioning fraud in this sermon. Right? Don't join them. But how can God persuade someone who is set in his ways? That's the question. So before we begin to talk about steps to hearing God's voice, this is something you must settle in your heart. There is a position of the heart that inclines the ears, the ears to hear. There is a disposition of the heart that inclines the ear to hear. It's not really about your ears. It's not really about your hearing. It's about your hearts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways acknowledge him and what will happen he will direct this is the principle of direction the position of the heart is the first thing settle the position of your heart first that's proverbs 3 4 isn't it 4 and 5 settle the positioning of your heart trust in the lord with all your heart stop leaning on your own understanding when god says cast your net for a great catch cast it sometimes it's foolish how can a prophet come to a house of a widow with her last meal she's a widow and she has a last meal and you say bring it on a platter listen by the way there are many prophets just out to to destroy lives oh are you getting what i'm saying and whilst many people are emphasizing that that's not to say that god the god of the bible would not require generous sacrifice once in a while we are so bent on all the people who have been extreme with it that we have blocked our heart from generosity at our own expense are you getting what i'm saying you must still be open to the leading of god give this person this do this do that do that you must be that kind of person god can direct trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding don't rely on your understanding all the time i know you are intelligent i know you have five degrees this church is a sign to you i remember february this was 2015 Yes. On my work desk, just going about my corporate job duties. And I heard the voice of the Lord. You know, sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes it's literally as if someone is standing beside me. Resign now. Do you know some of you, you, you have a destiny to found multinationals. But that job security you have is your problem. You get what I'm saying? How do you struggle to balance things so much? And, and I'm an advocate for balance. But sometimes you are too comfortable to obey God. Too comfortable. Too comfortable. Too comf comfortable. Refuse to settle. Are you listening to me? Refuse to settle. Some of us, when we were younger, we were more innovative. It was easier to obey God. But now, because of the successes that came by divine leading in the first place, that's now jeopardizing future instructions. Now you think you have more at stake. The, things, the very things God gave you. You are making it an, an, a hindrance to the other things he's asking you to do. If only you knew you had just begun. If only you knew. If only you knew and understood that the part of the justice as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. More and more. If only you stopped comparing with your neighbor and started comparing with God's template for your life. 
Because what you are doing might be sufficient based on the standards in your village. And you're happy with yourself. I have a car. I work in a bank. Someone owns the bank. Are you aware? And I'm not even necessarily talking about big material things. The will of God is big. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm talking about prospering in the will of God. Prospering in the will of God. It doesn't matter how many sermons I preach until you come to a point where, like me, God says, leave this church, go to Abuja. Go and start again. And I tell you the truth before God. I knew that if we were only 12, I would still consider it a success. I don't look at people. I'm not trying to please. If you know me well, I'm very secure. I'm not... Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are doing well, I'm happy for you. What is happening in your life will never sway me from the will of God. Never. But you know people always jumping after the latest trend. What is it people are doing now? Okay. Um, social media influencing. I'm an influencer. Uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. NFT. NFT. You know, always jumping. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm saying have some direction. You have changed career five times and you graduated two years ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I walk in clarity. I walk in clarity. I refuse confusion. I walk in clarity. I refuse to begin to copy people around me. I embrace God's template for my own life. I reject hardness of heart. Some of you, God has been speaking to you. Let me tell you something. I'm saying this with due respect. When I was in school, I was not the only one God called to. We were plenty. Not up to half of us are doing what God said to do. You think it's easy? When the word settles in your heart, when you go out on Monday, there's something called the deceitfulness of riches. You have a call. Then your friend... You know, got a bank job. They gave him tear rubber company car and drives to your house. <laughs> That's when we will know if it was call or flash. <laughs> we will know. You now say, Am I sure that? Um, <laughs> am I sure? When your mates are traveling out for masters, snapping pictures in the snow. I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus. You are all that matters. I'll put you in front, I'll put you in front, in front of my melody, you are all, all that matters, I will make room from two, make room for two, hey, you and I, Jesus, 
You are all. You are all that matter. Oh, hey, oh. you are all. You were all sing away, away, away. You were all God is raising an army who at his decree they will jump, they would move, they would act, they would do. Doers of the word, not themselves. Hallelujah. You know what God? God bragged about Abraham. He said, I know Abraham, my servant. He will command his children. God knows the doers. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, he's telling you that as much as you thought that he chose Abraham just strictly by favoritism, one of the things that inclined his heart to Abraham was that Abraham was going to do and he knew that what he starts with Abraham will not end with Abraham. Hallelujah. There are just some people who learn to be faithful with the instructions of God. It's something you must learn. Otherwise, let me tell you something. Even if God speaks, you won't hear. You have to understand, God is spirit. God is, you, you think of the way you're hearing my voice now. That's not how divine leading works. That's not how divine leading works. Let me give you a simple example. God has spoken in his word about the coming of the Messiah. The Jews reject the scriptures. They won't leave. Jesus comes on the scene. He performs miracles. That's not enough for them. And they come to him and say, show us a sign. Show us a sign. Have you seen people so hardened? Never able to come to the point of truth, show us a sign. And Jesus said, wicked and perverse generation. Let me tell you something. For some people, their desire for leading annoys God. Lord, show me a sign and God is angry. Because you have ignored hundred signs, you want another one. And he said, no sign will be given to you except for the sign of Jonah. Some of you just need to read your Bible. See, what you are asking for, he has already said no, no, no. Lord is not a believer, but he's very nice. No. It's not a... No. Your prayer can be a demonstration of disobedience. You are asking questions that are already answered. No. That's not the will of God. Come on, are you listening to me? And if your heart is not inclined, on one occasion, Jesus was walking with people. And he lifted your name. God spoke from heaven and said, I have glorified it, I will yet glorify it. The people around him, you know what they heard? They heard thunder. They didn't hear the voice. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that just tells you that the intelligence of the spirit is such that even if God speaks, it would only reach the heart that is open. Are you getting what I'm saying? If the voice of God should thunder now, only the persons or the people that it is targeted towards or the people whose hearts are open will hear it. It's not a loudspeaker. It's spirit. 
Spirit. Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. So now it's your heart. It's your heart that matters. It's the, align your heart with God. I believe that the life of someone will change in this service. Because you see, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing the wrong thing. Once you align, it doesn't take God time. Oh. All the years that the caterpillars and the canker worms have stolen, he can restore. Are you getting what I'm saying? You've been disobedient. A prodigal child, you know, maybe you've wasted money, wasted time. It's time! I'm telling you, this month we will have many testimonies of restoration. Mark my words. From this month, many testimonies of restoration. Dead visions are coming back alive. Aband abandoned ministerial calls are coming back alive. Abandoned visions are coming back alive. In the name of Jesus. And there will be compensation for the time wasted. Because God has given you speed. Did you hear what I said? God has given you speed. I say you outrunning chariots. Say amen like you believe. Please stand to your feet. I want you to pray for yourself. You will pray from your heart. In services like this, it's very important that you open your heart to the Lord. You've played around for too long, some of you. God had been talking to you, you didn't hear. Now he has brought someone to tell you that you cannot keep running. I would rather fail in the will of God than succeed in my own will. I'd rather fail in the will of God. And this month, we are going to tell you how to know indeed that it was God who, do you understand, that it's God who is leading you, will teach you all those things. But first and foremost, let the Lord be able to look and see that he has found someone dependable in you. Ah, God only tells me what he's sure he wants to do. I want to say something that takes a lot of guts and audacity to say. There is nothing God has asked me to do at this point in my life that I've not done or I've not started or is not about to start. It's nothing. By the grace of God. What if you could boldly say that, stand on a stage like this and say that? There's nothing. We're going to pray a prayer of consecration. Just like the hymn, hymn says, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, today. My silver and my gold, my time, not a might will I withhold. You know, my moments and my days. I want to give you a few minutes. Begin to pray that prayer. Begin to pray that prayer. Lord, in any way that I have chased the way divine leading by the indisposition of my heart, I realign my heart now. I realign my heart, not even because I want to succeed, but because it is right that I'm consecrated to you. 
Because you own my heart, you own my life. And so I give it all to you. 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 Pray right now. You ought to be praying louder than that. Pour out your heart to God right now. My life is at the altar. It's not my own. It's a sacrifice. A sacred sacrifice for your plan. For your agenda. For the advancement of your cause. For the fame of your name. Lord in the name of Jesus. I present my body. A living sacrifice. I refuse to live for myself. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. It might not be easy, but as long as I'm in your will, I'm okay. As long as I'm in your will, I'm okay. I'm satisfied with your plan. Satisfied with your agenda. Satisfied. Keep a higher. Keep a higher. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep playing what you're playing. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.